back to Seeking Rents, the podcast. I'm your host, Jason Garcia. I'm the publisher of Seeking Rents. That's a newsletter in Florida where we explore the ways big businesses and other special interests influence public policy, particularly in the Florida governor's office and the Florida legislature, which is right now in the midst of its uh, 2024 legislative session. This is going to be an update from day 36 of the session, which is uh, 60 days long. So we're going to talk about a a few bills that moved forward uh, yesterday, Tuesday, day 36. And let's start with uh, Senate Bill 1222. Um, This is a bill that comes from the retail industry, particularly um, big box retailers like Walmart, uh, Target, and Home Depot. And it would essentially further criminalize shoplifting, impose longer prison sentences, um, and, and crack down on folks that uh, that get involved in shoplifting through social media, that sort of thing. Um, we, we've talked about this bill uh, before. My my beef with it is that it's just it continues a pattern of over incarcerating um, in response to lobbying by some of the same special interests that also lobby against efforts to to reform criminal justice system and help sort of keep folks out of uh, out of turning to crime in the first place. Um, but but what I want to uh, what I want to focus on in this episode and what I think is interesting is that um, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis called a, a press conference yesterday um, to essentially come out in support of of this legislation and, and imposing stricter penalties on what what is technically called retail theft, but it's really just nonviolent shoplifting. Uh, and that's it, it's interesting because it's part of what has become a pretty clear pattern ever since Ron DeSantis ended his you know, failed presidential campaign and has come back to Florida and started re-engaging in state level issues. And that pattern is he keeps coming out in support of ideas that are already moving uh, through the Florida legislature. You know, it's as if he wants to give the impression that he's setting the agenda um, and he might be, but, but he might also just be following the legislature's agenda. You know, it's, it, it sure feels like he's trying to give some sort of illusion that he's like the still the big boss of Florida politics when I'm just not sure that 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 he really is right now. And and there is some reason to wonder about this. And I'll just give you one example um, that that is kind of stuck out to me. And, and that is a, a different piece of legislation, House Bill 1551. This is another bill that we've talked about in the past. Um, the, the initial version of this legislation would have like essentially given Ron DeSantis unlimited military power. That's that, that I'm not really exaggerating. It would have allowed him to activate the, uh, the Florida state guard for essentially any reason at all. And it also would have given people serving the guard really powerful legal protections. Uh, you know, if they were accused of a, a crime or violating someone's civil rights, well, well on duty. Um, but that bill has been scaled way back. All of, as far as I can tell, all of the really problematic stuff has come out of the bill. Um, and, you know, we're still only on day 36. There's a lot of time for this to change. So so maybe all this stuff shows back up at the end. But, you know, that alone strikes me as a really surprising step backwards from a bill that yeah, if you unwar- if you go back through public records, this is stuff, th- these ideas, the, you know, full latitude on deploying the state guard and, and sort of immunizing guards people from uh, from liability. Um, those are ideas that come straight from the DeSantis administration. This is stuff he's been trying to get done in the past. So the fact that they're backing away from it um, is really interesting. And and to be clear, I don't mean that the legislature is is like hostile to him right now. I, I think they're they're clearly going to give him a few easy wins. Um, you know, we've talked about they they've agreed. You know, they've already passed a few memorials trying to call a national constitutional convention on a on a on a couple of issues. Ron DeSantis came out and asked for a couple more, and so they threw that under the pile too. That was a that was the sort of thing that 
you know, asking the legislature to to call a constitutional convention on some sort of conservative priorities pretty that you're pushing on an open door there. You know, and, and, and so there's still time to figure this out. You know, another thing that's starting to get uh, make the rounds is that the legislature is so far ignoring uh, uh, a proposed insurance related tax cut that that Ron DeSantis uh, suggested before session. One of the one of the few policy ideas he pitched before session when he was still still at least on paper a presidential candidate. Um, you know, they're ignoring that so far. We might see that pop up at the end. So it's just something to keep an eye on right now, because. Ron DeSantis is 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 back, but I'm not sure that he's really back right now. Um, okay, let's just run through a couple of other bills that that move forward yesterday as well. Um, House Bill 1289. This is a bill we've talked about at some length. It would uh, essentially give the state more reasons to deny workers from uh, receiving laid off workers from receiving unemployment benefits. Um, I will I will try not to get up on my soapbox again about this. Florida has uh, the one of the very worst unemployment systems uh, for workers already in the entire country. Um, this is essentially just a, a hidden tax break for businesses because the fewer benefits you pay out, the lower the taxes are on businesses. And it's uh, another example of of the foundation for government accountability that far right billionaire finance think tank just writing these terrible anti worker bills. They're behind this one. They're behind the bill to unwind child labor laws in Florida. They're behind another bill to erase wage and benefit protections from workers. Anyway, House Bill twelve eighty nine. Uh, it it advanced forward. It's a terrible bill. I I hope it dies. Sure doesn't look like it's going to though. Um, then another bill um, that I'm not sure if we've ever discussed is House Bill 611. And this um, this is a good bill. Uh, this would allow um, credit unions to hold essentially deposits from government agencies. These are called um, public deposits. You know, your universities, your your city hall, your your counties, your airport boards, all these all these government entities have enormous amounts of money that they have to keep in essentially savings accounts. They're, they're known as public deposits. And right now, under law, only banks can hold public deposits. Credit unions are barred from holding them. It's uh, it's a it's an idea that makes no sense. It just like reduces competition. It ends up driving up costs for taxpayers because, you know, the banks have less competition. That means they're, they're not going to feel compelled to lower their interest rates uh, as low as they might if they had to if they had to face competition for this business from credit unions as well. You know, the this this has been a big banking industry credit union fight for years now. This is one of those classic special interest food fights. Uh, one one uh, change they made to this bill is uh, yesterday House Bill six eleven as as changed yesterday would only allow credit unions to hold up to fifteen percent of the total public deposit. So banks, you still get eighty five percent of this business, but credit unions can have up to fifteen percent of it. Um, maybe that's the the sort of compromise that that. That gets lawmakers willing to to stop <laughs> engaging in blanket protectionism for for banks. Um, another bill that moved forward yesterday, and this is getting some news attention, is House Bill thirteen forty nine. This essentially uh, sets up uh, would require schools to teach the history of communism in uh, as young as kindergarten. Um, this is a this is a really sort of potentially shady bill here because. It essentially empowers a bunch of gubernatorial appointees to decide what would be age-appropriate instruction for kindergartners to learn about uh, to learn about communism. Which, you know, potentially, if if all this was sort of done in a in a truly like academic way and a place where we're just trying to teach, you know, 
pure history rather than uh, rather than propaganda. That might be one thing, but I'll tell you why this bill is so suspicious is the initial version of the, the House bill, at least, initially specifically said this instruction was, was supposed to include uh, teaching about, quote, cultural Marxism, which is uh, really, that, that's more of a right-wing conspiracy theory than some sort of legitimate academic term. Now, they have taken that reference to cultural Marxism out of this bill, but it does sort of suggest that the the intent behind this ultimately here is is potentially more about indoctrination rather than education. Um, but one to keep an eye on as it moves forward. It, like I said, this is starting to get some more attention just as people start to think about like kindergarten, really? Um, and we'll just mention one other bill today. This is the kind of bill that I really like. It's Senate Bill 1030. Um, and this is a it, this is essentially the Department of Revenue's legislative package. And now, DOR is essentially Florida's IRS. This is uh, about as about as neutral and non political an agency you can you can find. I mean, I, I've been writing about tax policy in Florida uh, for years now, and this it, this is an agency that like goes out of its way to to avoid taking any sort of positions on like public policy debates. Everything that um, that it asks for in its packages are usually uh, completely non-controversial, usually completely non-controversial and always just built around trying to smooth out procedures for tax collection, for audits, for you know interactions with taxpayers. Um, what makes Senate Bill 1030 uh, really interesting is um, they're already sneak sneaking some things, legislators, I mean, are already sneaking some things into DOR's tax package that DOR did not ask for. So- and there's a couple of things already in there. One would uh, one would allow uh, counties and school districts to pass essentially more business tax breaks. It would uh, it would essentially allow them to exempt businesses from having to pay local sales taxes when they they lease property. Another would um, essentially allow corporations, some corporations, to avoid penalties when they underpay their taxes. Um, it's it's somewhat of a complicated thing to do, but it, it, this involves when corporations request uh, an extension before, before filing their tax returns, they have to pay estimated taxes in the meantime. If they underpay that, they usually pay, pay, uh, they face some significant penalties. Um, this would this would give them more freedom to underpay those estimated taxes without having to deal with the penalties. You know, neither of those are such huge issues on their own, but the fact that they're being pushed into, into the DOR package is really suspicious. But then here's the other thing I wanted to mention. So yesterday in the Senate Finance and Tax Committee, this is where they were handling this bill, an amendment surfaced with a trying to put yet another tax break into the into the DOR's tax package. And this one is this one is really um, interesting. It would exempt from a certain type of tax, essentially online educational courses and job training programs or um, academic videos uh, produced by potentially by nonprofits, it seems to be. Um, what What is interesting about this is it appears to come from the governor's office. And I base that on, on some of the discussions that have happened around this language in uh, what is known as the impact conference. That's this group of economists that tries to score proposed tax breaks to, to understand how they would affect the state budget. Um, but it's not really clear who they're trying to help. Almost always language like this has someone specific in mind. So, you know, you, you immediately start to think about, you know, for instance, 
uh, New College of Florida, the, the recently hostily taken over New College of Florida, recently struck a deal with um, billionaire Joe Ricketts, one of Ron DeSantis's biggest donors, uh, to provide uh, an online degree program through a program that uh, that Joe Ricketts has founded. Um, you wonder if maybe this is about making that program exempt from taxes. Uh, the other thing that comes to mind for me is Prager University, the the right wing propaganda outfit that provides you know educational videos and other other sorts of things promoting you know right wing perspectives and and conspiracy theories and the like. Uh, those you know. This amendment was withdrawn uh, before there was any interesting discussion on it to, to elicit that. So we still don't really know. But but this is also the reason I mentioned this is this is the sort of thing that is starting to happen now at this point in session. So we're into essentially tax break season where a bunch of tax breaks are starting to show up and they will keep surfacing all the way through the end of session. It'll be stuff like this. And so it'll be really interesting to try and keep an eye on on sort of what is popping up, who it's for, and who is requesting it. Because- even though this uh, this particular uh, tax break for online educational platforms was uh, was withdrawn, uh, I I would bet an awful lot of money that we'll see it pop up again somewhere else later in session. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for this uh, this episode. Um, as always, if you haven't already, please consider uh, signing up for the newsletter. SeekingRentsFL.com is the easiest way to find us. Subscriptions are free. Uh, none of our stores are ever behind a paywall. But there is an option to pay for a subscription voluntarily uh, if you can afford one. All right. Thanks so much for listening, uh, everybody. We'll talk again very soon.